Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, George Evian, and welcome to another episode. Getting it out a little bit late this week, maybe a day or so late, uh, but appreciate all the support that people have given to the podcast. And we have set some ambitious goals. If you listen to our last podcast, we were talking about, um, you know, really 10Xing the year, 10Xing our week, 10Xing the days, uh, setting aggressive goals. And I'm, I'm going to hit on a number of things this morning. We've got about 20 minutes that we'd like to keep these podcasts to as we set that as a goal as we move forward. And there is definitely something we want to get to this week. But if you follow me on Instagram, or if you follow me, yes, if you do follow me on Instagram, although I haven't posted there in a bit, but if you do follow me on LinkedIn, I appreciate that. Please feel free to reach out to me there. That is where I'm at the most. But I posted something yesterday that I want to hit on. Um, and it was essentially, it's the last day of the month. And if you've followed the podcast, have you listened to, we are closing chapter one. And hopefully it has been a great 31 days for you, 31 pages in the first chapter of 2024. And I can't believe that we're already one month into this book of 2024. And hopefully it has been a great start of your year for you. And hopefully you are staying with your goals, your resolutions, your ideas, your habit creation, your routine creation that you all have. Uh, that you're rolling with. And hopefully it has been great for you. And hopefully you're still rolling with that. Uh, but I set some aggressive things and, and I talked about it maybe in the last podcast or the last podcast or two, one of which has just been my morning routine, re redoing that entire thing. And it has worked for me. There's no news. There's no social media. There's reading, there's planning, there's meditating, there's breathing practices, there's weights, like all these things that I'm trying to carve out in my mornings, I have done. And I've created that momentum. And one of the things has been reading. And I told you about how I'm tackling that with the physical book and with the audio book. I bring that up and I'm not going to hit on it too much. Um, but there were six books that we got through this month. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure I've read six books, definitely all of 2023. And we have hammered out, knocked out, and been very detailed in 2024, one month, 31 days, six books are down and they are sitting next to me. It's Think Like a Monk. It's The Advantage. It's The 5 a.m. Club. It's Feel Good Productivity. It's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Blank. And it's 10x is easier than 2x. And I don't say that to, you know, puff up at all. Right. And I felt a little reluctant, a little hesitant in posting that on LinkedIn because I felt it, you know, I don't want to be flexing on these things like, oh, look at me and all that. But I am proud of it. And I'm proud of the fact that I'm, that I can now flip through these books that I have here sitting next to me and actually remember what I read. I'm getting through them because I have them opened in front of me. I'm highlighting, I'm underlining, I'm starring. While I also two times the speed on Audible is how I'm consuming these things, uh, you know, with the, with the audio book is through Audible. But then I also, and I'm holding it up here if we put this on YouTube, but I've got note cards. I've got a stack of note cards here that I'm also taking the content from. And then I just kind of sit here and cycle through these things. So it's been really impactful. Here's those six books. They've been great. They've all been unique in their own way. They're from fascinating and, um, and insightful authors, impactful authors. Um, and, and it's really been valuable to me. I'm already on book number seven and I'm already a hundred pages into that. And that book here is next to me is called the power of habit. Why we do 
what we do in life and in business. And it's about just creating habits, you know, um, you know, the cue, the routine and the reward and how we can kind of reframe our habits and our routines and how we can still get that cue, what triggers it, a trigger and how we can still get the reward, but change the routine. You know, if it's, uh, you know, trying to create new habits or break old habits. But let me just tell you what all these books have in common. And we'll start there. And as it leverages into your, the rest of your year, and this might be longer, it just takes a while to get into the, um, you know, this content and I don't mind the conversation. But at the end of the day, the think like a monk, the feel good productivity, the 10X is easier than 2X, the advantage, the 5 a.m. club, like all these books, you know these stories, you know this idea. It's just getting it in a different format, with a different content, with a different narrative, with a different story. And then just trying to hit that one story that resonates with you, it impacts you, it's significant, and it leads you to your next level. Like my note cards here in front of me, one of them says, in order to 10X yourself, you have to always be re every 10X version of yourself. You could be reaching for this goal. Then you get it. Then you go to the next 10X, the next 10X. Every step in the ladder, every 10X that you create, every 10X that you achieve, it's going to require a different version of you, of how you think about yourself, about how you tap. So what I'm trying to do in 2024 is going to take a totally different version of me to reach that and that the last 10x version took of me. And we I have 10x things. You have too. The idea that the 10x books talks about is you have 10x. Think about where you now it may take longer. Where I was 10 years ago, 15 years ago to where I'm at now, I would be really proud of what I've done. Think about yourself at if you're 30, where you are at 20, you, you're the 20 year old version of you would be so proud of what you're doing at 30. Would it, it would have been awesome if that 30 version of you was at 25. It would have been awesome for me that the 40 version of me would be super proud of the 50 version of me, but shit, man, he would have loved it. If we had gotten there at 43, which you can do, which you are capable of, we are capable of, I am capable of, and that would have been amazing. But I have, but I am, but I have 10x myself. I am reaching for goals and dreams and aspirations that I that I really didn't think I'd hit or get. I thought I deserved. I was willing to work for it. I thought I would get there. This is great. So the point is, you have to become somebody different every time you 10x yourself. The encouragement is. If I'm going to 10X myself again, whatever that might be, this podcast, my professional life, whatever it is, I can get there quicker by becoming that version of me sooner and carving that out quicker as opposed to 10Xing myself at now 60, if you can believe that. Oh, my word. As opposed to 53. I could 10X myself to get to where I'm at now and the goals I have and I could do that by 53. Hell, the book even says I should be able to do that by, by the end of this year, and I'd still be 51. So all these books, now that pivots me to the point 
of what do all these books, they all are different. I'm sitting here looking at a list of 25 different things that I have on note cards from just the book, The Advantage, Organizational Health, Clarity and Alignment, Politics and Dysfunction, Cohesive Team Leadership, Healthy Culture, Teamwork, the four disciplines model for cohesive leadership, like all this, they're all different. And I'm, you know, and then you, you could go on about, you know, live like a monk, purposeful living, daily reflection, mindful awareness, transforming negative energy, gratitude practices, the power of sight, like all this, they're all different. And there's all huge takeaways from every book. People you meet, the books you read. That's what's going to change you in 2024. We've said that before. But here is what they all have in common. They all have this in common. There's probably many things they have in common. But here's one that is significant for me. And we talked about it the last time. And it's definitely what is a part of the 10X uh, idea is you just got to have absolute laser focus on one thing. One thing. Absolute commitment, courage, commitment uh, um, towards one focused thing, laser focus. That's what the power of habit talks about. It's what the think like a monk talks about. It is what great teams and leaders have. Like we can do amazing things. We could have this crazy good year. We could reach and 10X ourselves if all we did was focus on one thing, that every day we woke up and did this. The power that I had or the, 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 the progress that I had in the month of January boiled down to having one focus, how I was going to start my day, my morning routine. That was it. And it is what I am focused on for Q1, for quarter one. It's all I want to do. And you can do the same thing. It's just not now. And then every week I'm making subtle adjustments. We've talked about that. But the one thing, the pivot to this power of habit book that I'm reading now and what other books have talked about is there's just one keystone habit. There is one thing you can do, one thing you can focus on, one thing you could try to reach towards that if it's that one thing and you accomplish it, it will be the springboard for everything else that is going on in your life. The story is the CEO from this book, The Power of Habit, the story is a CEO took over Alcola, if I'm pronouncing that right, an aluminum company. And he was now the CEO and he got in front of all the investors and all the shareholders and a, a fair amount of the employees and the executive teams. And he was giving this talk about the vision that he was going to have. And most of those CEO introduction talks are always going to be built around money and, you know, and share prices and what they're going to deliver and blah, 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 like all this sort of stuff, right? And he got up there and said, hey, we are going to focus on safety and it's going to be the most important thing we do. And everything we do is going to be built around safety and making sure that all of our plants, all of our organizations are going to be built around making sure we're the safest company in the world. We're dealing with aluminum. We're dealing with products that are 1500 degrees and we're going to make sure that nobody loses a day. Our goal is zero safety problems. And everybody freaked out because they weren't talking about the bottom line. They're like, this new CEO is talking about safety. 
But the story goes on. Read the book. It is a really good book. It is a very deep book. At least the first third of the book is. But the idea is that guy figured out that that is my keystone habit, that if we just change and create that habit, that culture, that environment, those routines, that everything else we do will be built off of that. And because of that one thing, he was like, hey, I'm going to be flexible with most of what we do, but I will not be flexible in the priority of safety. And he never budged on it. And he was flexible on other things. But when it came to safety, to figuring out how to get better at it, that there were issues when there were safety problems that like heads will roll kind of thing. And that everybody realized he is serious about this, that everything else got better. So they were just this crazy profitable company with a keystone habit. So I encourage you, what are, what are you working on? What are you laser focused on? What is your keystone habit? What is your keystone routine? What are you, what is your keystone progress that you need to have every single day for the rest of this year? Just focus on one. Mine right now is my morning routine. And what I find myself doing is now I'm thinking about my evening routine. What I find myself doing now is how to even make my morning routine better. What I'm finding out now is just by framing my morning better, the rest of my day is set up for success. I, so I, I am going to make these strong recommendations to you. Those six books that I read are phenomenal books. And I encourage, like, I'm, I'm strongly encouraging you to make this investment because it's an investment that I am making. Buy the book. Or if you have, like, behind me on YouTube, I've got a library here or at least a bookshelf. I don't have a library. I have a bookshelf full of books. Many of these books I have purchased and not read or completed. Many I have read. But there's more that I haven't read or haven't completed than ones I have completed. Then go, go go to Audible, go to Spotify. Audible seems to be good for me because the books on Audible are cheaper. So I'm not buying a $20 book and also a $20 audio book on Spotify. I'm buying a $20 book and a $7 Audible book. But then put it on two times, get your highlighter out, get your pen out, start underlining, start writing in the margins, start earmark, like all that sort of stuff. Then put them on note cards. Like, now, but I, I circle back to the six books I started my year with are phenomenal. The 5 a.m. club is so important about how you start your day and how that positions you. So that's what I've chosen to work on. And it has been significant for me. And we talked about this for a number of podcasts now. Now, I'm going to move to this with maybe about 10 minutes more to go. A little bit of a pivot, I'm sure that we will. But I want to try to give you things that are impacting me from all these books, from the things I'm seeing with my professional life, the things I'm doing with my children and the sport teams I'm involved with and all this sort of stuff. Uh, I'm definitely continuing to be bent this year on belief. So this habits book, they're talking about Tony Dungy when he took over the Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers. And then when he took over the Indianapolis Colts, that it was all built on habits. He was trying to change their triggers, their cues that they could recognize when this happens, this is my cue and here's my response. And then here's the reward, Super Bowls, winning games, playoffs, et cetera. But so you got to have that. But the thing that I'm really focused on right now is that, that is the, is the continuing belief. 
as I was reading this habit book this morning and they were talking about Tony Dungy, the word that kept popping up with Tony Dungy when he was building those cultures and environment and working with athletes and trying to build the power of habit is that you have to have an overwhelming, overriding belief that you can do it, that you can overcome this habit, that you can do this, that that you can quit smoking, that you can quit drinking, that you can work out every morning at 5 a.m., that you can, you know, be the best player, that you can get make these shots, that you can accomplish this, that you can build your software sales team. Like, you, you can do it. You've got to have belief. So then we as leaders need to instill that belief in the people we're leading and these have the power of habit and the the, the examples that were given by and the story that was told about Tony Dungy was all about belief. And if I were good enough to just immediately flip to it in the book, and I might do this while we talk, but I just continued to underline that it is so much about belief and making sure and that you instill the belief that these habits work, that they can do it, that they will change um, and, and they'll change for the better. He said, at halftime, the team filled the locker room, and they were losing against Tampa. Uh, the Tampa, Bay, I'm sorry, the Indianapolis Colts were losing to the New England Patriots, and this was one of their opportunities to make it to the Super Bowl. They hadn't made it yet, and at halftime, the team filled the locker room, and Dungy asked everyone to gather around. And the noise from the stadium filled through the closed doors, but everyone inside was quiet. And Tony Dungy stood there, and he looked over to all his players, and the players looked at him, and they had to believe. They had to believe, he said. They had to believe that they've earned it, they deserve it, that they have the right habits, the right practice habits, the right belief in one another, that, that if they all do their job. Like, I'm just telling you right now, leadership and getting people to follow you and getting people to reach for goals and getting people to go 10x and getting people to own their mornings. It's the belief that they can do it. So this I'm going to position this example into that narrative, and then we'll kind of wrap it up. This hit me the other day in one of these books I was reading. I don't remember exactly which one. There's a number of them here now. I usually can draw from one book because it's only one book that I'm reading. But with six books, I've got to, I don't remember exactly where I saw this from. It Here's the phrase. And I think this will impact you. It may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. So think that through. The things that go on with you, the things that go on with your teams, the things that go on professionally, the things, building software, getting sales, getting clients, whatever it might be, things are not going to go your way. And if you have a culture of blaming, of gossip, of... um criticism of non-belief, then you're going to always be in this mode of not my fault, not my responsibility. And then when you get to those things and those problems end up on your desk, you sit there and blame and blame and blame. This was really impactful for me. At work this past week, we had a quarterly planning session and it was my first time running, organizing, facilitating, leading the quarterly planning for this group. And it was, we got done. It was good. We got the outcomes, the outputs that we wanted. It was fine. I think we're organized, calibrated to have a great quarter. 
13 weeks. But wanting to be great and not just good enough, it it wasn't it, it wasn't good enough for me. I'm just being honest. It wasn't good enough for me. But it was our first at bat. Is it going to be better the next time? Absolutely. Is it going to slowly creep up to the elite teams that the elite team that this group is capable of? Absolutely. And I told this group. So afterwards, we had a small group of people together, the leaders essentially. And I just got everybody together and said, hey, listen, we just ended quarterly planning. This is the time that we're in the locker room after a game or coaching meeting or coaching a practice the next day. This is the time to start thinking like, hey, what went well? What didn't go well? How can we get better? What are the items? And I quickly, even before that meeting started, I had listed 16 things I did not think were A pluses. They may have been B pluses. They may have been D pluses. But I, like, listen, you have to understand, I'm not in this to just be good. I'm in this to be great. I'm, I told them, I'm in this so this group, these teams, these people, these this product line, whatever it is, is the, the best in the company. So if it's an A minus, if it's a B plus, like put it down. Where can we get better? And how? So I had 16 things written down. And I, and I went through this list. I said, hey, listen, before I give you before I solicit your feedback, let me tell you what I'm thinking, right? Because I kind of wanted to make it real simple for them. I wanted, and maybe that wasn't the best way to do it. Maybe it was just like, hey, you tell me what you think. But I, but I started off saying, hey, here are the items that I'm, I think we can get better at. Maybe we were good at it, but we weren't great at it. So I gave them the list, 16 things. Then I went around the room. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I said, feel free to tell me, George, you sucked at this. This was bad. We've never done it this way. It used to be great. You jacked it up. Like, I'm cool with that. It's, it, I, I'm not wrapped up in being right. I'm wrapped up in getting it right and being great and elite. But, here, but here's where I put all this together. So you, you get that frame of point. I said this, and I believe I said this. I definitely said it to somebody else after the meeting when I was doing a retro on some of this other stuff, but it was these things that we just rattled off may not be our fault. You could sit there and be a, a, a crappy organization and say, Hey, you know what? These 16 things, only two of them are really my fault. The other 14 are somebody else's man. And I hope they figure their stuff out or I'm going to tell them they weren't good enough and that they jacked us up. What that does, before I tell you what I think that does, those things are not my fault. You could say that privately. You could sit there and look at your list of 16 things that didn't go well. And you could say, those aren't my fault. But I choose to make them my responsibility. So the example in one of these books was this. Doorbell rings. You go to the door, you answer it. Nobody's there. You look, this is a strange example, but it kind of, it made sense to me. Doorbell rings, you open the door, nobody's there. You look around, nobody's there. You look down and there's a baby. Something's going on. Now all of a sudden there's a baby at my doorstep. It's not my fault. 
That's not my fault the baby's here. Somebody else put this here. They're not around. There's no cars around, blah, blah, blah. Like, but we all know it's my responsibility. Call the cops, you know, take care of the baby, get it fed, like whatever, right? However I handle that situation, it is my responsibility. That was the example in the book. It's not your fault the baby's there. It's not my fault that there may be this laundry list of things, but it is my responsibility. If I'm going to own everything, if I'm going to do the Jocko Willink and do extreme ownership, then I'm going to own everything. I'm going to make everything my responsibility. And these things that are stopping us from being elite, great, and top level, top 10%, getting out of the 80 that we talk about, then those are now my responsibility. So I've got 16 things. When we, we do quarterly planning, again, in 13, 12 to 13 weeks, I've got to make sure that the things that are not up to the standards in which we should play, that those are now up to our standards. I've got to show the leadership team and others that I'm willing to accept the responsibility on those things. I need to show the leadership that by me saying, hey, maybe not my fault, but my responsibility, that we are now creating a culture of responsibility, of ownership, of being elite, of making progress, of owning our day, owning our releases, owning our quarter, owning our product lines, as opposed to somebody else will take care of it. It's not my fault. Somebody else better take care of it. Totally different mindset. Totally different mindset. Not my fault, but it is now my responsibility or it is my responsibility. That impacted me. Steal it, take it, write it down on a note card, flip through it every day, put it on a sticky note, put it on your monitor. I wouldn't go running around saying not my fault. I think it's okay to do that in a small group. Or if you want to figure out how to frame it to, hey, these might not be our fault, but they're now our responsibility to the team. Gives you ownership. So what does that do for you? I, I Maybe I've already answered this. Gives you, at it, by you owning it and taking on the responsibility, that now get, not, that empowers you. It empowers the team. It is now sitting there saying, hey, we're going to own this stuff. This is us. This is us getting to the next level. Man, we just rattled off 16 things that we can do better. Normally, we'd probably try to tackle one, two, or three of these things, and we try to go from a C minus to a B minus. No, now we've got 16 things. And I asked them this. I don't know if you would do this. I do. I say this a fair amount professionally. If all of these 16 items that are our responsibility, maybe not our fault, but now our responsibility, and if they are all C minuses, let's say, and they become B minuses over the next 12 weeks, or even if we're lucky and we tackle it, and these C minuses now become A minuses, how much better does it make us? How much easier is your job? How much more fulfilling is your job? And how, and how much more passionate are you about doing what we do? And they say, that'd be amazing. This would significantly change how we do business. This would significantly change how I feel about my job. This significantly changed the interest, passion, ownership, enthusiasm, motivation, inspiration that I have for what we do. Just by doing those things. Awesome. Then let's let's take responsibility. Let's own it. Not my fault, but now it is my responsibility. And my responsibility is to get us elite. Don't ever apologize. 
for the groups that you work with to sit there and say, wait till you see where we're going to be in six months. Wait till you see what we're going to look like at the end of this quarter. Stay with me on this. Believe that the habits we're trying to create, Q, Q, C-U-E, Q, response, reward, figuring all that out. And what this is going to look like. And we are here to be great. We are here to 10X this sucker. And we're here to 10X you. And we're here to, to whatever, wherever we're at now, a leader always needs to figure out what the current reality is. Then a leader needs to see what greatness is. And then 10X that and say, hey, the best company, the best team, whatever does this. But man, that ain't good enough for where we're going because we're going beyond that. Get the right people on the bus that believe that will create those habits, that will create those mindsets and create all those routines to help you get there and then get them to believe in that and get them to say, it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility and let's 10X this sucker. That's what I encourage you to do. Listen, there's a lot going on. Um, you know, these books have really been powerful. The books you read, the people you meet, the content you consume, right? YouTube, podcasting. Listen, I hope that this podcast is valuable to you. I hope that when you listen to this, you get one or two good ideas that you can carry with you to make, uh, to have an impact on your day, to 10X your year, to 10X your month, to 10X your days. I hope that we can get laser focused on one or two things. And just get absolute about that, whether it's your morning routine, whether it's your sales, whether it's your phone calls, whether it's your clients, whether it's your impact at your, whatever that might be. I hope you, that, I hope that you're able to get one or two things from this every single time we press release. Okay. So listen, reach out to me. I have aggressive goals for this. I could do this every day. I told my wife and I told my children. The content, the walks, the runs, the podcast, the books, the, the ideas are always there on, on, and the story is always there on how I can get better and how you can get better and how we can have a community that impacts one another to get us to 10X. I know we can do it. And I know I could put this out every day and we just got to figure out a great routine. And I, I appreciate the support you've given me. I have, I want to 10X this podcast and it is my I'm doing my mornings and it is built around the content to the podcast, the content I can deliver to my professional teams, but I want to be able to 10 X this podcast. I want to go from a hundred to a thousand, a thousand to 10,000. And you can't apologize for that. Let's go to, to quote Ben Newman. Now we go enjoy the rest of your week. Go get it.